It is the big show, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. I want to remind you about Football Fridays, which is brought to you by Mountain Land Supply. Uh, You can save hundreds on tools and safety gear at Mountain Land Supply. Uh, Check them out. My guys. That is your guys. Those are my guys. Anything that water runs through, you're going to be able to find it at Mountainland Supply. Anything that fixes things that water runs through, you're going to find it at Mountainland Supply. See, I'm glad you're here, Hans, because really I brought up the wrong read here, which was uh, to tease a Hanson Scotty remote uh, in Far West, which already happened. So oh, I thank had heavens. To, I had to scramble there a little bit. So thank you for the uh, yeah. the impromptu Mountainland Supply read there. Um, I was just at the museum, the uh, Daughters of the Pioneers Museum. Have you ever been over there? I have not. Oh, it's just incredible. Have you been there, Jake? I've heard about it. I haven't been there, though. Oh, my gosh. I, so I've been there probably 10 times. It's like it's like one of my favorite places on this earth. and Because they've got artifacts from all the different pioneers that came to the valley. And, of course, both sides of my family had a lot of pioneers that trekked across the plains. And so w- went over there and um, spent a couple of hours. But um, I'm going to tell you right now, when you go out to Far West, you need a buck wagon, a couple of barrels of sugar. You need a couple of good oxen. You need to give yourself about six, maybe seven days because it's far, far west, Jake. I see. But when we got there, it was worth it, it because fun, huh? you have mountain. <laughs> they, they had the uh, burgers and hot dogs, and they made good. it worth it. Oh, that's good. So we had a feast when we got there. All right. I had two not sports report stories, and I got to one. But let me get to the second one with you because I think you'll you'll appreciate right. this. And then we can we can get on to talking football and all the other stuff we'd love to talk to you about. But so this is in South Carolina, all right. And some dude is sitting on his farm. It's Goat Daddy's farm, all right, in in Kershaw County, South Carolina. All right. So he's sitting around, and uh, here's a gunshot around five thirty p.m. And uh, immediately thought something strange was happening. He said this. He said, quote, we hear gunshots all the time, but not as close as this one uh, This one was. So he took a look around the property. didn't see a whole lot. Uh, but uh, so what he did was he took his own gun and fired into a nearby tree to make sure whoever's firing that gun knew that this, this farmer was, was around. Yeah. You know? Well, he heard a few more gunshots. Uh, from a like kind of a different part of the farm, and he went over there. It was the the pig part. He has about two dozen hogs. All right. Okay. And so he he shows up. The hogs are behind an electric fence, and there's like a a, a structure there where the hogs live. I don't know what you call that, like a hog house. Yeah. Whatever. Hog shed. So he finds this guy finds a 16 year old hunter who is shooting his pigs. Killed, uh, killed four uh, pigs and injured two others <laughs> that had to be put down. Gotta be kidding so me. So apparently there is some wild hog hunting in the area, and the excuse that this hunter is using is, you, you know, got confused. Are you kidding but me? I don't see how you'd get confused shooting hogs behind oh, the fence. They're, they're, he, cl- he claimed that they were wild boars. They're pink. Well, that's what he was doing. That's what he said. He was. They, okay. they call them feral hogs. I don't yeah, know if they're fer- boars, but feral well, hogs. Feral hogs, they're very different animals. Well, yeah, so this this hunter very just discernible. happening through the, the brush and then, oh, pigs! And didn't notice <laughs> <laughs> A whole herd of them. 
and then just started mowing down pigs. Oh, that makes me really so sad. So this this farmer is is telling his story to. to Did you see the the, out. the story that um, uh, of the the farmer just here in Utah? He had I don't what was it two dozen chickens that were killed. Did you see that one, Jake? Andrew Adams did it. I haven't seen that one. KSL no. did the whole story on it. The, the farmer was out there with two dozen chickens, just done, wiped out, beaten over the heads. Did they find out who it was? They haven't found them yet. So this is a, a mysterious chicken massacre. I'm telling you. We have a rooster close to us, and sometimes it's like, you, you're done. I'm going to go massacre you're that done. rooster. <laughs> it's 430. You're done, mister. I'm coming for you. <laughs> this guy, uh, this this farmer said, quote, they were standing 75 yards from their barn. I don't know how any wild hogs that, I don't know any wild hogs that build shelters, unquote. <laughs> you know what this reminded me, though? And and then, so my family, Hans, I know you're a big fisherman. My, my family is notoriously unlucky when it comes to fishing. We can get skunked. Anywhere. Anywhere. Anytime. <laughs> You're saying like there could be like the like, the pool of fish right in front and, of you, and we'd get skunked. Okay, and this goes back to my grandfather who was taking his grandkids fishing, and we go up to Mirror Lake, and I mean like he's getting recommendations from guides and all this stuff, and they're like go here and here and use this bait and blah blah blah, and he's like because I'm gonna catch my grandkids some fish, and so we go we go out there. Nothing. The whole day, just no line movement. <laughs> just nothing. Just dead, dead lines. And so he was so frustrated after this day of fishing that as we're driving home, we drive past a fish hatchery, and he's like, pulls right in, and he goes up to the owner of the hatchery. He's like, "We're gonna catch my grandkids some fish." So we go over to like the barrel of like a thousand you fish, be me. And dip the line in, and catch oh, one and yank it out of there. Guy. But. I had it. I mean, you could tell the the hatchery guy was like, "Yeah, yeah, these kids can come in and let's let's catch you some fish." But I wonder if that was this hunter, the sixteen year old. He's like, "I haven't I haven't found a hog all day," and then just you know, I know that these are tame pigs behind a fence. But here we go, tame fed pigs, not lean feral pigs. I'm getting a kill. This is happening. That is so sad. <laughs> you know that farmer was just distraught too. All his hogs done. Oh, he did. He did say this. Um, oh, here's a couple of quotes. He said, "Quote: It was a pretty awful Saturday for everyone who works at the farm." And added this: Last night I went to pet one of the pigs, and he took off running. I've got 13 hogs that are skittish and nervous. They would have been uh, humanely processed. They never have a moment of fear. Ah, uh, that's so. That's sad. This happens though, man. Like the people, it's this crazy. This doesn't happen. Uh, there's crazy things. Weird, some weirdos shooting up penned up hogs. That doesn't and, happen. And cows and horses. No, Did you see the story about the horde, the two horses that were shot here in Utah? That's like, terrible. Oh, it's it's horrible. Kids will post up with their rifles and they get all antsy to kill something. And next thing you know, some girl's coming out and finding her three-year-old pony dead. Okay, I'm going to run this, the the other story of the Not Sports Report. I'm going to run this by you to, so you can tell me who you think's in the wrong, but I'll make it really quick because okay. we spent a lot of time on this. But this was posted, this post was posted in a Reddit, Reddit group called Was I the Jerk? So who was the jerk in this circumstance, all right? Couple getting married. They hire a friend to be the photographer for $250 for a 10-hour day. Ooh, that's a good price. 
amazing price. Yeah. You can't find a wedding photographer for that. No. So 250 bucks for a 10-hour day. Does that come with the processing of the photos? It must. I guess. 250 bucks. So this is an amateur photographer doing a favor in a sense. 250 bucks. Okay. So she's they're working around the clock, work all the events, all this stuff uh, from 10 o'clock in the morning, supposed to go until 7.30. Around 5, the photographer goes up to the groom and says, hey, listen, I'm hungry. I need something to eat, and I need a glass of water. And the groom basically said, uh, are you here to be a photographer or not? And, and basically told the photographer no. And then the groom said, well, you can leave now and not get paid, or you can stay and do your job. And the photographer deleted all of the pictures oh. in front of the groom and then bounced. Oh, Who, Who's the jerk? What did he, what the photographer want specifically? Some food and a glass of water. The groom's the jerk. I think the so. The groom too. deserves it. <laughs> I think so. Too. No, 100%. The guy's there for 250 bucks. Now, I think that that's a little excessive to delete the entire wedding in front of the guy. But pretty the, hilarious, though. The groom deserves it. I think so, I mean, too. You, you could have at least you know, flung a piece of bread at him or something and been like, here, get back to work. <laughs> Throw a little butter on it. They're doing it for 250 bucks. Dinner, should that should just be expected. Yeah. But my only fault with a photographer is, why why are you asking the groom anything? Just do it. I mean, when you got married, Hans, you probably had a just, photographer. Did you care? No, you just go noticed eat. No. If the photographer would have never noticed. You wouldn't even, why, I would be like, why are you asking me this? I don't care. Uh, the one that got me was the guy that sent an invoice. Remember, he he invited like, oh, I think it was yeah, like 99, 98 guests. And the no 90, shows got an invite. 92 showed invoice. up and he, he sent an invoice for 350 bucks a head or something like that and expected people to pay that didn't show up. They were supposed to RSVP. I, I, I kind of understood what he was doing, but you knew that there was going to be a little bit of slack there. You knew that there was going to be a couple of no shows. All right, so there you go. There's my there's my stories. Just running those by you. Hey, by the way, hmm. uh, we brought up Trevor Riley. We were talking Trevor Riley in the break. Yeah, we were talking about Trevor. Just heard from him. So former Utah outside linebacker, defensive end, kind of do it all utility guy. New York Jet. He is now coaching with Deion Sanders at Jackson State. No way. Yes. Are you serious? Yeah. Like he's on the staff down there. He said, "Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. he's on the staff." He said, "I just said, how you doing, bro?" He said, "Yeah, I'm doing great. Enjoying Mississippi." Said, you guys enjoying the season? <laughs> well, that's awesome. I didn't yeah. know he was doing that. That's really cool. Yeah, he's out there with Deion Sanders at Jackson State. The next I, head coach at USC. Guys are all making. Well, that that is that is definitely one of the flashy picks, right? How's he doing at Jackson State? He's doing well, I think. I know Jacksonville State not not so much, but Jackson, Jackson, Jacksonville State knocked off Florida State. Oh, that's right. It was Jacksonville yeah. State. A that, lot of people thought it was Jackson State that beat Florida State, but it was not. It was Jacksonville right. State. Um, but Deion Sanders would be a flashy pick, wouldn't it? It would be. Don't know if he's ready. But, but he recruits well. But who is when you go to USC? What do you who what direction do you think they go with that job, by the way? We we'll we'll talk about the game itself here in a second, but I mean I'd say Urban was an out before, or was a, a no-go before all this mess. I don't think it's going to be Urban Meyer. No. It's going to be Fickle, right? I mean, Bone's going to go with the guy he knows, and it, you're going to hire Fickle. It really feels like, at this point, it really feels like that's the direction they're going to go. 
And I've asked a couple of people because I know that Kalani Sataki's name has been brought up a few times. And I've asked a few people how serious it is. They feel like he's in the top five, but he's not. He's not the top guy. He's not the top pick. But just to be in the category is pretty sweet for Kalani Sataki. I, I don't hear his name mentioned in the top three. It won't be the last time his name's mentioned with a big job. What do, what I don't understand, Jake, why do we not hear Chris Peterson's name involved more in that potential search? See, the only thing I could think of is he doesn't want it. That he's just told them I'm done? There was, there was a report out there that said he has essentially told them I'm out. Really? I'm not, I'm, I'm not well, coaching right it, now. He's passed on the job before. He could have had the job yes. after... When he, when um, he went to Washington. Yeah, he could have had the job after uh, um, Lane. Oh, after Boise State? So, so from Boise State to USC yeah, instead so of Boise USC State to USC offered him the yeah. job when he was at Boise State. Yeah. He passed, so USC hired Sark from Washington, and then Pete took the Washington job. So he's already passed on the job before. That's If they could, that'd be the no-brainer to That me. would be it. I would agree with that. But I... Obviously, you just don't see his name rumored. So he, there must be an underlying sense that he wouldn't he take the job. It. No. So it's probably going to be fickle. I think that there's more flashy picks out there. I think that there are are guys. Is it uh, Bienemy? Is that the coordinator out of Kansas City? Kansas City Chiefs Eric offensive Bien-Ami. coordinator. I mean, that's the way I'd go. Really? If I could do it, but but if I'm Bienemy, I'm like, um, yeah, no, I'm not going to take that headache. I, I kind of like it here in the NFL. And I think I'm going to get myself a head coaching job here in the league. See, I view it a little bit differently. I wouldn't. I would go with a boring pick, and maybe fickle. Maybe you call that boring. Maybe you don't. But I would go with a boring college football coach who's done it before. And I'll tell you why. Because I think anybody who's not a moron should be able to win at USC. You would think you need somebody who can come in and put the pieces well, together, recruit, and do all of that. Like, I mean, the last guy that really won there was Pete Carroll. Who was Pete Carroll before USC? Oh, he washed out again uh, as the head coach of the Patriots, right? Okay, so a two-time failed NFL. Yeah, yeah. He, Patriots and the Jets. I want to say the Browns. It's guy. not. Oh, like, might have been the Browns. It's not like he was Mister Flash and Pizzazz. Well, he was their fourth choice, right? Yeah, and he came in, embraced the culture, embraced the recruiting of it, found some superstars, and built it into what we all had hoped yeah. USC would be, which I believe is the last national champion out of the West was that USC team. That's true. Correct. So we have not had a Western champion since then. And it was built on a guy that wasn't the overly flashy pick. Now, he became flashy because he had success at USC. You could bring a no-name nobody into USC if in three years he's got him as a national contender in the 14 playoff and, and then getting himself to a national championship game, the dude's name would be everywhere. It'd be as big as Pete Carroll's was. I would love to go there and build that program. Yeah, it'd be easy. I would too. You especially would think that the, it would, especially with the NIL stuff. Now, well, it'd be I, super easy. You know, I was watching, I was watching the USC Colorado game just to get ready for this game coming up in two days, and I'm watching the talent out there, and and I keep thinking to myself, how is this talent not organized to win? How do you have all this speed and you can't win? You got all this talent, but then you've got a running back at Ingram who breaks through the line. By the way, the Colorado defensive line hemmed up. 
backside tackle, picking up a linebacker, wide receiver, picking up a safety, Ingram running free, jukes one guy, strong safety comes up and just is like, oh, you're going to hang the ball there? Okay, let me bat that ball out of your hand. Because he's, he's got the ball out like he's a, a chicken with a broken wing and holding the ball out there. And they're like, oh, here. So it's like, how can you be that dumb? Like, USC's got all of this talent, and they just play dumb at times. And if they were to just focus, if they were well coached, if they were disciplined, they'd beat Utah by probably two scores, maybe three scores. But they're not that. But they're not that. Yeah. So Utah's going to be in it if if they're focused and if they are able to get themselves in check and deal with the emotions that they're going through, they'll be right in this game. just depends on what USC wants to do or how they show up. they got to run it. The line's got to be better. Those are the two Utah's things. Utah's got to run it? Yeah. yeah. I, I heard you talking about how you and Christian Cox were agreeing on TJ Pledger. Yeah, you still like Bernard. Um, I, I don't like any of them. Uh, yeah, like none I of them. See that. I'm just kind of like, nah, whoever. Well, there's there's not a there's not a Zach Moss or a Ty Jordan or there's Mm-mm. there's not that there. And what's sad is the one guy that I think has a, a higher limit or in a kind of a more unlimited talent is Tavion Thomas. But what can you do? You can't play him if you can't Mm-mm. hold on to the ball. Can't hold Ta- on to the ball. Tavion Thomas would be like he would be like um, I don't know who's. Who's a phenomenal radio personality? He would be Jake Hatch. Okay, he would be Jake Hatch, but he's got this tick that he says the f word, <laughs> and you're like, "What, Jake? Uh, hey, we can't put you on air, man." Because every time we do, all of a sudden, ah, bleep. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, you're so good on air. You are so good, but you just keep saying the F word. You can't stop saying the F word. Please. We want to be able to put you on air because you're so good. But I can't do it. That's Tavion, man. That's so funny. Yeah, well, it's true. That's so funny. I, I just bang my head against the wall every time I see him bumble the ball. And it's frustrating, Jake, because the fumbles, like the the one big one that he had, I think it was against BYU. Was it BYU that he came through the line of scrimmage? Yeah. You know, you know as a back, okay, I'm getting the ball, I've got possession of the ball, I've got it tucked, and I've got all the points covered, but when I get to the line of scrimmage, it's all tucked and covered. Like, I know I'm coming through contact. He got to the line of scrimmage, he was like, hey, everybody, I'm here. Well, we're, you, who, who just did that? Who hit the ball? Why did you? Like, it was like he didn't even expect it to get hit, and that's frustrating to me. You've run through a line of scrimmage how many times? As a defensive lineman, when you're running at me and you got a ball, I'm thinking, ball, hit, ball. I'm actually surprised there are more fumbles in football, to be honest with you. Like, I look at the, some of the defensive linemen, yourself included, their size and strength. I know. Swiping at that thing. I mean, oh, I know. I know. I, we think I, holding on to is so easy. I'm actually surprised there are more fumbles in football. It shocks me that the, the majority of sacks don't come with a fumble because. Those quarterbacks sometimes they get hit blindside. I, was, I just retweeted a stunt of Vita Vea, the uh, the defensive lineman for it's the Buccaneers, right? Yeah, the former Cougar. Yeah, Washington State Cougar. Or was he a Cougar? Or was he a Husky? He was a Husky. Oh, he's a Husky. A Husky. And uh, I was watching him run a stunt, and I kept thinking to myself, 
getting hit by that guy. How do you hold on to the ball when you get hit by that guy? The running backs in the in the league, I just don't get how or why. They take punishment, man. Got to be strong. But yes, you are right, Jake. Utah absolutely has to be able to run the ball against USC. And I'm not I'm not sure what to expect. I guess if the offensive line decides that they're going to block in unison, then maybe. Let me let me ask you what I asked Christian. What's the sweet spot for the Utah defense? They have to hold USC over how many points to give themselves a chance? Uh, they got to hold USC under under twenty or under. Okay. Yeah, that seems about right. I think that I think they can get to twenty four. We'll see. I'm excited to see uh, how this offensive line comes out, how prepared they look, because I know there's a little bit of heat on everybody up there, especially the offensive line. Uh, we stick around, talk some Cougs next. Yeah, let's do it. All right, stay tuned. That's Hans Olson, of course. It's the Big Show. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. This is DJ and PK. It is time to bring in Nick Ford right now, the youth center. I got to feel like your football team should be thinking, we got a legitimate chance here because it's so unpredictable to go down there and get the first win in the Coliseum. Yeah, exactly. We do understand that, and we understand we're getting the conference play and that you know we need to really bite down and go as hard as we can and empty the tank because we are one to know the opportunity is still on the table. I think it was back in 2006, Green Bay talked about turning the table, and that's the same mentality we are right now. Sometimes you don't start off as hard as you like, but as long as that table gets turned in your favor and you continue to turn it, then you got to keep running with it. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, joined by Hans Olsen talking some college football. You've got a busy Saturday, Hans. You doing uh, double duty, Ute and Cougar? No, just uh, Utah. Just doing I, Utah? Yeah, I've got to, I have to speak at a funeral. My junior high principal back in Weezer, Idaho, passed. So I'm actually leaving town Friday after the show tomorrow. I'm going to be in Weezer, and I will do the Utah pre and post from Weezer after so I can get a couple things done in Weezer and uh, commemorate a mm. great man. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, Larry Goto. He's one of those guys that at a young age, he, he changes the direction of a of of kids and he was our principal in seventh and eighth grade and when you're in small town idaho that's huge are you kidding compared to declo it's like a metropolis it's like a huge city i think declo's 360 people i looked it up once weezer is like fifteen thousand or something no it's basically like new york it was 40 (laughs) it was 4200 and now it's 3800 i think <laughs> PK, by the way, is here. Turn on, turn on PK's mic. We can uh, talk a little football with uh, with PK as well. Feels like uh, Pac-12 Media Day here. It does. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. I missed it this year, man. I was I was in uh, Alaska with my son on a boat in the middle of nowhere. We had a good time. It was oh for sure. Yeah, yeah. it was nice in the same hotel that they had it in, and it was cool. It worked out well. Now, all the all the positivity coming out on the coaches didn't turn out to be so well, correct. Well, that's Joey's get. Oh, I'm really looking gosh. forward to in two years when we do Pac-12 and then Big 12 or vice versa, whatever that cool. order is. Yeah. yeah, I love that you hammered Herm. You're like, so Herm, this whole thing, how bad is it going to be for you and the people? <laughs> PK always hammers Herm. Herm's like, oh, what? What? <laughs> 
<laughs> not nothing. The first uh, year, PK hits Herm with uh, every other coach has sucked. Why should I think you're not well, going to suck? Ever since <laughs> eight, I didn't quite say it that uh, way. Kinda. Since '87, every guy's been fired. Why are you going to be different? He didn't like that. Uh, he care. just looked at you like, "What well, are that, you talking about?" Yeah, Todd hey, Graham got mad at me once. Hey, uh, 2023, we're going to be a Big 12 media days. How does yeah, that sound? That's yeah. awesome. That's, I know. I'm, I can't wait, man. I'm. I wish it was next year. I wish they would go right into the conference next season. I do too. Oh, yeah. that that would be nice. Yeah. Have you figured out how they're going to work some of the contracts that they've got? Well, we had Tom on on Monday when we were down at the National Football Foundation. And some of the contracts, they literally have buyouts if they get into Power Five. So or I escapes. saw they have it with Boise State. Yeah, escape clause. I don't know if it's buyouts, but escape clauses. Mm-hmm. So that the contract becomes null and void. But some of them they want to keep. So he's got work to figure out uh, what you know what's uh, how many conference games they're going to play they don't even know that yet mm-hmm. so that needs to be determined it could be 8 it could be as many as 10 uh, but i would think they'd probably go 8 and then they've got some good games but you don't want to overload but my gosh BYU will they ever lose again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows well they, obviously they wouldn't be losing in the Pac-12 cuz you got Arizona State what is the second second power of the Pac-12 right now today yeah. But check back each uh, weekend because that thing is changing all the time. So, yeah, I think you can make a case for them today. By the way, have you guys looked at six of the next seven games for Utah? It is six of the Mm -hmm. next seven are the six best teams in the Pac-12. That's what they signed up for. Arizona State, Stanford, UCLA, UCLA, Oregon. uh, Did I say Arizona State? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oregon exactly. State in there yeah. somewhere. They got Arizona Oregon November, State. November 13th, and so they suck. And then they closed with Colorado. Yeah. So they got they closed with Arizona, Oregon, Colorado. Yeah, but they've got six of of the next seven games are the, the, the top teams. It was a combined record of like 18 and 7, yeah. which, you know, in the Pac-12, that's good because nobody has a – Undefeated record. No, to think that the, in the conference after SC's played a couple of games because they got Notre Dame and the Cougars late, but most of them have only played two games, and there's only uh, two undefeated, well, three counting Utah, but it's only one and oh. Only three teams that don't have a loss and are barely into it. That is fun and unpredictable yeah. and crazy. It's why the Utes got a nice shot. Yeah, just keep the foot down. Yeah. I, I wanted to know it, you. what do you guys think about, because the Big 12 left out of that alliance and I was interested because I think that the alliance is going to start to surface just a little bit in non-conference scheduling. I think the Pac-12 needs to drop down to 8 and then we'll see some of that alliance Which build. I think they're going to do, judging from comments from Klyakov. Yeah. And I think there's going to be some cross-scheduling with that alliance. I think do that's right. that. Yes. I think I think the only thing that I think is going to come of that alliance, and PK, you're probably talking to the same people I yeah. am up there. The, 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 the one thing that I think they expect to come from that alliance is some non-conference scheduling that can then help with some of the TV uh, distribution mm-hmm. and some of the TV structure that they can no- negotiate a little bit tastier deal. Because I always just assumed it's just a voting block. That whole thing was just an agreement no, that I we're not going to let go. the I SEC run everything. in line in what he's saying. I think it's going to head in that direction. Uh, to what degree remains to be seen. You know, what are they going to do there? Because um, the Pac-12 tried that once with the Big Ten. And it but it never, was, it never materialized. Right. But they weren't forced to. Now with the SEC over here right. ready to take over, 
things have changed, and these other ones kind of have their backs up against the wall. But the funny thing is, when they announced that thing, like the next day or the day after, certainly that week, SC creates a series with LSU, hmm. which obviously is not part of it. Yep. So that raised an eyebrow a little bit. So I don't know what the exactly it's going to be. It's to be determined, but I... He's right. I think they want some of that stuff. At some point. Well, if you're going to have to replace a conference game television-wise, I'm sure the networks want some sort of quality product to put on if you're losing a conference yeah, game. Yeah, and then it depends because the Big Ten this year is pretty good, but sometimes the middle to bottom sucks, and the yeah. ACC is sort of terrible. average. Yeah, terrible. It's the ACC is average. really rough this yeah, year. Yeah, it's bad. Well, so I'm wondering, now that BYU, 2023, they enter into the Big 12, I'm wondering if the Big 12 remains outside of the alliance, or if they're like, okay, well, we just saw how you restructured this, and we like Cincinnati, Central Florida, we like BYU, we like... We like the way these things are looking. Whatever you know, however they decide, they're going to realign this thing. I think they're going to be cautious. They're going to see what they want to do. The Big think, Twelve yeah, or the Alliance? No, the Big Twelve. I don't think the Big Twelve is in any hurry to join that alliance, and I'm not sure they would want vice versa either. And, and who knows what's going to happen there? I think because I think the Big Twelve has positioned itself. Pretty good, and and for basketball, really, well, they can yeah. play Houston Baptist ten times because their strength of schedule is going to be really good once they get in the league. Lights up. I mean, you look at Oklahoma last year, sixteen and eleven, eighth place in a conference, and they get an eight seed. Yeah, right. That's mm. awesome. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> that, that that was some of the best news for me. Yeah, just seeing BYU finally. Get out of the West Coast Conference. Right. I just, yeah, yeah. I, I was pulling I look, my hair out for in their, that conference. You don't have much, so. You know, there's not a lot to pull out, but I understand why you do it. <laughs> I've already, I've already pulled most of it out. Yeah, the basketball is just going to be awesome in the winter, and it gives now when they were going to when they were thinking about it. Mark Pope, as I understand it, went to the administration and said we could have had this guy, we could have had this guy, we could have had this guy, but the West Coast Conference didn't. They just weren't interested. Of course not. Yeah. So now, unless you're going to Gonzaga, yeah, but you know, you don't play them twice, maybe yeah. three times. And but now, man, every game practically you've got some form of NCAA tradition. So I don't I don't know that the Big Twelve is going to jump into alliance because I'm not sure what's going to happen for the alliance in basketball uh, because the Pac-12 may need that because they have a hard time getting teams to come in and that might set themselves up a little bit better. But the Big Twelve doesn't need anybody when it comes to hoops. Well, I love that BYU has a, a position now to be a little bit more dominant with coaching and retaining coaching. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are, are still skeptical. I'm still a little bit skeptical on them actually opening up their wallet and starting to pay these coaches to keep them. Mm. But we are seeing a real jump in an advancement in locker rooms and equipment and the NIL deals and we're we're seeing things start to ramp up a little bit but the truth is if let's just say it's not going to happen but let's say USC came calling with 4.2 million in a 5 year deal for Kalani 4.2 per year in a 5 year you. structure for Kalani Sataki BYU's not going to step up in no. that not yet. to that level but you don't need that level to have everything you want financially here. Can they go to three? 
Yeah, can you fend off UVA? I don't think BYU's ever fending off USC. If they what want it, your coach, they're gonna they're gonna do it. But can you fend off? What did you? A have, UVA went three point four for Bronco to start and yeah. up to three point six. Yeah, is that 3. right? Three point two and a half. Three point two five. But then his I remember his assistant pool was oh, like three point eight. It was way big. Those guys got double they were making. Yeah, it was like three point eight. Or it I was. Mean, I literally know they told big me. money. I'd, Couple yeah. guys tell me. Oh yeah, what do you want me to do? I don't have a job here. They're going to double my salary there. Take it. Yep. So, I, I want everybody out there to understand, and, and just knowing Kalani the way I know him, that's as important to Kalani. And people are going to be like, "That's not as important." Oh, it is. It is. That I, is know, as, I already know it is. Kalani wants to pay his guys. There's no question, and that could cause him to leave. Yeah, if he could pay his yeah. guys, he would do it. Um, I've and, already. I've been told that by multiple coaches. Well, he really wants to pay his already. Guys. He really wants to pay his guys. And he doesn't even have an offer yet. Yeah. So, uh, to my knowledge. Okay, so yeah. to your <laughs> to your point, Jake, can you fend off UVA? PK, to your point, can you get the three? I think I think you're right there. I think you can get to that pocket. I think so, too. I think you can get to that pocket. I, I think that there is such big money. And you remember, you remember, I can't remember what the name of the committee was, but it was headed up by Mr. Kimball. You know the the coaches retaining system, whatever. Oh, Cy Kimball. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were they were raising money to retain coaches, and it's going to take a few people to to step up. But Jake, I don't think, and, and P. I know you know this because I know you talked to a lot of guys. I do. I don't even think it's about three million dollars. I think you could be like, hey, here's seven years. Just stay. We want you seven years. But you got to take care of. Tuiaki, A Rod, they got to get Fessy. closer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. we know the guys. They got to get closer to what their counterparts in the Big Twelve at least be in the ballpark. Because the fact is, you can go to Utah and make double and triple. Yep. I think the the lightest paid coach at Utah is probably about three hundred thousand. Yeah. Two ninety five, three hundred thousand. Man, things have changed, haven't they? The the, the the lightest paid at BYU, from the staff you were talking about, was like that, 80, that went to Virginia, eighty nine, in the eighties. Yeah, hmm. um, yeah. No, guys, was. guys won't disclose <laughs> now because because uh, you know those contracts are that you can't, and they won't. I may be naive, but I think BYU is going to step up. What's the point of doing all this and just be mediocre? Look how much run they're getting yeah. last year. Now it's awesome. They'll get the exposure if they're good. Well, if they keep winning, man. But yeah. but again, it starts with Boise State coming up Saturday, one thirty. Real quick, I think they win by double digits, and I don't care who starts a quarterback. Doesn't matter to me. I think they're going to run all over Boise. They should. I can I can foresee that as happening, and then spot your passing and make sure he's accurate. Hey, but yeah. I know you guys have seen this a million times, and 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 this this is something you always look for. When the obvious thing is right in front of you, sometimes you go away from the obvious thing thinking that they're going to look at the obvious thing. I don't think they do it in Conover's sense because I, I don't think he's ready to be a gunner. But if you're Aaron Roderick, in the back of your mind as a strategic game planner, you've got to be thinking, well, Boise State's going to have to unload everything to try to stop this run game. Maybe we hit them where they're not expecting it. Now, in the run game, you don't have to do that. Because you don't got to, I mean, you you got all the tanks. You can roll right in and you can take over the city because you got all the tanks. You don't need to tell them that you're going to come over, over this beach and then have all these other plans. Normandy, I like yeah, it. Yeah, like, <laughs> just go. You, you could just roll your tanks up and just go. But I do believe 
that in the back of your mind as a as a game planner, you got to be thinking, all right, well, we can maybe have some fun here. They they don't think Conover can throw a deep ball. Hmm. Well, they took a shot against Utah State, and it wasn't complete. And I was told if he would have completed that, they would have thought that would have been really awesome for him. It didn't get it done. Was that the shot that was about five, six feet over the head of Gunner and five yards out of bounds? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a good shot. (laughs) (laughs) That was a scud missile. That was the shot, Yeah, but it wasn't, the result wasn't a good shot, and so that has caused a little bit of concern going forward here. How much do they do that? But the thing that they really love is that Utah State knew full well that they weren't going to unload the playbook, and they couldn't. They still couldn't stop Algier, and they knew it was coming. Yep. That bodes well for a the Cougar team that can run the ball very well against a porous run defense. So I can see where Jake's going there. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna they're going to take some shots, and A Rod always has a trick play or two up his sleeve. A Rod's a disciple of Norm Chow, and we had Norm Chow on our show for like three four years, and he always said you've got to take at least two to four shots a game. And he was insistent upon that. Thanks for joining me, fellas. Appreciate it. You're well, done with us? It's only because we've got a staff meeting. Yeah, we've got something going on over there. But Hans, <laughs> hey, Hans came in at five, man. Hans is... Hans. Well, I would have come in, but they made me walk all the way around. And you yeah. both have... They, they, uh, they did that to us, too. <laughs> and you both have helped me a bunch uh, this week. So I appreciate both of your Oh, it's always expertise. fun. It's not exactly digging ditches. No, it is not. No. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's back-to-back Mountain West Conference opponents for the Cougars as they welcome in Boise State to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for a showdown against the Broncos. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the big show, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Well, more Big Show coming up for you in the top of the 6 o'clock hour. Did want to take an opportunity uh, to uh, talk to the Big Show listeners. Uh, chatted with uh, our friend Gordon Monson today. Um, chatted with him, obviously, quite a bit over the last week, but uh, talked to him today and uh, told him I would pass along uh, many thanks to the listeners out there to the zone who've said very nice words and, and reached out to him. He said there's been a lot, and he would appreciate it if I would be willing to pass on a little thanks. And so I told him I would be happy to do so. And uh, yeah, so there you go. It was fun talking to uh, to my guy Gordon today, who he's doing well. And uh, keep looking out for his work, of course, continuing on at the Salt Lake Tribune, sltrib.com. Uh, keep an eye out for, uh, of course, uh, the great work from the one and only Gordon Monson. Lots of college football talk to come. Of course, big college football weekend. Uh, we've got football Friday tomorrow. Coach Mack and Alema Harrington are going to be with me at the warehouse. Fun to talk to those guys. Pretty, I, I feel pretty confident about BYU beating Boise State over the weekend. Still unsure where I'm landing on Utah-USC. Don't know what to really expect out of that game for a variety of uh, very good reasons. 
And so uh, not sure where I'm landing so far on, on that particular game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm feeling like BYU is going to win over Boise State. Don't know who the quarterback's going to be. As I said earlier, it does not make a big difference to me. I think BYU wins. And Hatch, I think it's fairly uh, safe to assume that the Aggies will not lose this weekend. Well, when you're facing a bye, yeah, you know. I think the Aggies will be all right. I think they're going to come out. Favored. They're going to come out unscathed. Are you doing Cougar pre and post uh, over the weekend, Hatch? I am. You going to be at JCWs? Posted up at JCWs at one thirty games. That means both pre and post game will be live hey, from JCWs. How about that? Like yep. that? been a lot of late games. You're so far lucky. I I haven't done a game down at JCW said this year and I'll tell you what. The, my go-to is the bacon ranch burger. It's a good choice. But I like the fry dipping sauce too. Uh-huh. I got to I got to get that going or sometimes I'll go left and get the onion rings, but uh an underrated sandwich both hands and I agree. They have a ribeye sandwich. Ooh, it's yeah, absolutely it sounds incredible. good. Well, here's the thing. I, I love it that we do our pre and post game coverage from JCWs because it's the perfect spot to have it for BYU home games. Because right there in the Plum Tree Shopping Center, it is totally on your way to the stadium. It's close and it's easy to stop by either on the way or on the way back. So stop by and see the world famous Jake Hatch at J- JCWs coming up on Saturday. We'll have more big show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 the zone.